0: Hello, sexy people. It is Lala Kent.
1: And Randall.
0: And this is the Give Them Lala with Randall podcast. How yeah. you doing, baby? I'm
1: good, hon. I mean, I can't complain. We're out here in Puerto Rico living uh, living a pretty good moment. Either.
0: We're literally on a yacht right now in the bedroom yeah. doing this podcast.
1: Yeah, it's pretty unique. I got to say, uh, I didn't think I'd ever be on a boat. In the uh, waters off of uh, San Juan.
0: This is why I love Randall, because he's like, yeah, it's pretty unique. I'm like, this is pretty fucking badass. <laughs> it's pretty <is>. unique, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dope, I got to say. I, I, You know, I when I came up with the idea, because I knew we were, like, limited for time. You're only out here visiting me for, like, this week. And I was like, okay, when can we fit this in? I've got my kids here. Yeah. You, I'm making a movie. It's a little busy. And I was like, you know what? Let's just do it on
0: the boat. Like, well, we had no other choice because Randall's here in Puerto Rico making a movie until the end of March. I am literally flying out tonight to Miami so that Randall's mom can help me register for the wedding.
1: Then you go back and after that, you have to do your bridal shower, you have to do your fitting, you have to do your bachelorette party. You got the a the fitting
0: of my wedding dress, yep. Yep,
1: yeah, you got a full, you got a you got a full schedule. You
0: got a full schedule.
1: Plus all your other business that you run with uh, your brands and stuff. So I'm I'm very impressed that I'm you
0: put, Overwhelmed to say the very. Least.
1: Okay, let me ask you a better question. Ask me. How are you really doing? I think because I've seen you have a few meltdowns in the last twenty-four hours.
0: Um, I I'm feeling a lot of anxiety. I'm feeling like I'm under a lot of pressure. There's just things that go into a wedding and then maintaining your normal life, like business that you have to run. Yeah. It's a lot.
1: It's overwhelming. I, I kind of have like gone down a path where I've immersed myself into this movie and then I get about 400 emails a day between you, my mother, your mother, and the wedding planner. So you're on the firing line right now. So I give you a lot yeah, of props. Yeah,
0: that's also stressful having my partner gone until literally 18 days before we walk down the aisle. Rip, that I, trips me the fuck out.
1: I, I, would, I would feel that way too, but I got to pay the bills.
0: Can we talk about something mindless and fun like Vanderpump Rules for a
1: <laughs> I think, I think, Van, I think Vander, well, Tim, don't you think Vanderpump Rules has some depth to it? I do. It Absolutely.
0: Has, d- yes, it has depth. You know what I mean? Just something where it's like easy and it's we talk shit and okay. it's just fun. Why
1: don't you tell, because Tim hasn't seen a friggin' episode. So why don't you tell us about last, okay, well, l- let's talk about last week because Tim, you yeah. know what last week was, right? It was a big Yeah, it was your premiere on on the show. Which which I thought, after four years of never, ever thinking this was going to happen, Lala manipulated me at the highest level. And by the way, after seeing it, I really do love fucking fried chicken sandwiches. And anybody (laughs) has a
0: problem with that? I don't think anyone had a problem with it.
1: I love fried chicken sandwiches. I'm glad they gave close ups. I mean, I, if I was making a movie, I wouldn't have focused on the fried chicken, but I guess that was exciting. Yeah, so.
0: Randall was like, they did me so dirty. Why would they? they didn't show any of us ordering except Randall because I'm he got the saying, double fried chicken. I mean,
1: that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> I mean, Tim, there was a lot of other shit to see besides the fried chicken. Nobody else ate. Right, only you were the only person that ate. That's my point, babe. <laughs> yeah. How come? What did you guys have? Uh, have a? Uh... Well,
0: you know why they did that, right? Because it it stirs up the controversy of at one point James body shamed you, so they zoned in on the fact that you ordered double fried chicken. It's fucked up. But I'm going to tell you something. Welcome to reality. If I ever TV. film
1: this show again, I'm going to order six desserts. Because I'm just mad. You should just not eat one of the desserts and just give them to everybody else. Right. And see and yeah. sit, in it, sit in satisfaction while everybody else enjoys the Totally. Yeah. I like that idea. I think I got screwed. I mean, there were close-ups. I mean, they should have just gone to slow motion. Why don't we just go to slow motion with the chicken going in my mouth? Right? <laughs>
0: the, well, they couldn't do that because they had to fit newbies in.
1: Oh, here we go. Here we Which, go. Lala's about to light it up. So again.
0: many people have been DMing me like, how do you feel about Sheena bullying... Dana, because you were once in that, that spot, I fucking wish it was Sheena that was bullying me. That's fucking child's play. Oh, like, boy. row, row, row your fucking boat,
1: oh, man. You know? Boy. So. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm
0: like, you guys. Like, yes, not cool what Sheena does to Dana, but, like, I had pit bulls after me. Katie and Stassi are no joke. Like, if they were coming for Dana, then I'd be like, this is not cool. But Sheena, like.
1: Okay, I just want to say, Sheena, I do like you. I'm just going to put it out No,
0: there. I'm just saying Sheena's a like nice Sheena. person with a kind heart. So when she tries to bully people, that's all it is, is she's trying to. It doesn't really work out that well.
1: Are we done with the Vanderpump segment? <laughs> You I'm don't just, like it? No, I do. But I just think like... I
0: make you feel uncomfortable? Yeah,
1: very. But can well, I say Can I say one thing though? Cause, because people have asked me a lot. And when I premiered that episode with you, I just want to tell you something. I really was so uncomfortable going into this, to do this and to show this part of our life. And I will tell you that being with you, you're obviously very comfortable in front of the camera. And you made me very comfortable. And I think that it's nice that people do get to see us the way we are, you know, uh, a little slice, a small slice. And I, I didn't mind it. And people were very kind in the comments. I was shocked because I thought it was just going to be, uh, you know, a, a be, beheading. Um,
0: no, uh, but I also think that because the podcast happened a little bit before oh, the think, episode, oh. people really got to see what you were like as a person, you know, because no one knew what you were like and how we are together until we did the podcast and then it kind of broke people in to, you It prepared know, them. It prepared them.
1: Okay. I, I dig that. And actually, uh, that's nice. And I and I think it's nice. I think... Um, I want to tell you something. Now that I'm looking out the hatch of this bedroom at the ocean... You're mad? No, I just think it's pretty dope. Like, it is pretty cool. Like, it's right? unique. I, I think if, if, if our... You know what we should do? What? We should do a giveaway okay. where we invite like 5 or 10 of your fans to a trip to Miami on the yacht where we podcast live okay, well from they the yacht definitely we
0: need to pass a background check
1: <laughs> why why alex alex why <laughs> yeah alex. let's just
0: invite 5 people that we don't know to Miami these are your
1: fans I think, I think have some fun. faith i have faith I'm Randall, not afraid, Alex. Do you think Alex? We will need. Okay, our producers are here on the boat with us. Alex, do you think we would really need to pass a background check? Honestly, I think just for the sport of it all, we should not do a background. That's answer, what I'm you.
0: saying. I think it would make do the giveaway on
1: Instagram, general.
0: <laughs>
1: all, all all people are welcome. No questions asked. So then great. you've got a real. I then love you've Alex. got a real show on your, in your uh, Keep in mind, <laughs>
0: these boys, these producer Tim and producer Alex, <laughs> have, are about. six. Seven to ten drinks deep. That's not true.
1: They're drinking water to hydrate themselves. It's more like
0: 12. (laughs) It's more like 12. (laughs) And I encourage it. Let's talk about this. So last week's episode, you know how we asked our listeners to call and tell us, we are taking up the anchors, y'all. Do you hear that? you hear that
1: in the background, that's the anchor. The
0: anchors are coming up.
1: It'll be up in a minute. Keep up. Okay,
0: so last week. Yep. We asked our listeners to call in because you and I were battling about one kid or two. Well, the callers have voted.
1: Oh, they, they have? You, well, you did an and actual And they poll?
0: say, oh, were you present last week for the podcast? Well, I didn't
1: think it was like you were going to really take it to this level. Of
0: course I did.
1: Dude, there's some issues going on with this podcast. So like- out
0: of all of the voicemails we got, which were a lot, you only got Five people.
1: Yeah, that's bullshit. What I tell you, they're all your fans. Of no, course, I was going to get. Five. No,
0: you did get. Listen though, listen to this oh, voicemail I'm happy. This from is, from told, one of I the told five. You this is a setup. This no, whole thing. from one of the five that had your back. Hey, LaLa and Randall, this is Emily from Kingsport, Tennessee. Um, I love y'all's podcast. It's so interesting to just hear your dynamic and learn more about you. But I'm calling to. Vote on how many kids you should have because, you know, it's completely my business. But La La, I want you to know I was the kid who had the two step siblings, and on Christmas, you know, they would leave. We would have to split every holiday. And it's probably the selfish bitch inside me, but I loved it when my step siblings left. And then it was just me and my mom and dad. And, you know, it sounds bad, but I was about that life. So, sorry, I'm Team Randall. One kid. Bye, guys.
1: Okay, I, I need to respond to that right away. Emily, I've never even heard of Kingsport, Tennessee, but I'm going to tell you something. Great, great, great town. Great town, good people. Emily, you're on, You're with me for life. I'm your biggest fan. Kingsport, Tennessee, I'm coming hot. I'm going to come check that place out. Lala, Emily has spoken, and she is <laughs> She's the boss. How do you want to respond to that, Lala?
0: I'm going to respond this way. If I decide I want two kids, (laughs) I will be getting two kids. So, yes, I will be getting two kids if I want two kids.
1: Lala, however many kids you want, you can have. I love you very much.
0: That is a great answer. There we (laughs) go.
1: Okay. So, Emily from Kidding Sport, I'm with you. But Lala, at the end of the day,
0: she's the boss. Yeah, he doesn't want to come home to an unhappy Lala. I don't think anybody does, including myself. I want to come home to myself. You have to live with yourself, which is even more torturous. Good answer. Good you answer. know? We have an exciting guest today.
1: Yeah. So, what makes today amazing is that my friend uh, of like 15 years, Jesse Torero, who is an incredible filmmaker, one of the biggest music video directors in the business, Directed a movie, and here's what's cool, Tim. Producer Tim was producer's assistant. On the movie that Jesse, direct, ger- Jesse directed. The second one he directed. The second us. one he directed 10 years ago. Wow. Tim was my assistant. Okay. And now Tim's producer, Tim, both on movies and on the podcast. So we are both excited because it's like memory lane. So Jesse Guerrero, I was fired on his movie. I did fire what? you. What? I was fired on Jesse's movie. Uh, here we movie. go. We and got... then
0: brought back? because The, the next here. day.
1: I was rehired the next and promoted. Day. But I was I was fired for real. No, no. I like, sent him not... home. I said, you're fired. It's over because he was a horrible. You were horrible. Where I was bad. this? Where was this? We were well, New Orleans. New Orleans. We were filming, but in LA, I sent him home. He goes back to LA. He's fired. And then I wake up and I'm like, you know what? The guy is so good with script, and he's so good. He's like, you know, a really good material-driven guy. He's very good with writers. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to promote him. I fired him so I could promote him, and I promoted <laughs> him to development executive. Wow. I mean, it was bittersweet because when I was fired, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really? I oh, I-, I was so relieved. But then, you know, my ultimate goal, obviously, was to grow in the industry. So, you in know, I didn't happened. even have to think about it. To, and then, to and I promoted him, I said, Tim, you know, I know your strengths are with script and I really need somebody that knows script in and out. And I promoted him 12 years later. Now he's producing the movie I'm directing out here in Puerto Rico. Isn't that amazing? Which That's is an honor, amazing. by the way. Yeah. What, Thank what you, movie
0: buddy? was it that uh, Jesse Trera was? Jesse
1: directed a very a small budgeted film uh, that we had starring... 50 Cent uh, Val Kilmer and Val Kilmer that was the first one yeah okay. and, and then, then Freelancers which was 50 De Cent
0: De Niro yeah. yeah we
1: had Robert De Niro 50 Cent it was It was actually uh, a, a great film and it was a great experience and it was one of the first times we got to work with and De Niro and Forrest Whitaker and Forrest Whitaker
0: oh wow yeah so Jesse great directed cast. two
1: good movies for us Je- and I'm going to say something. Jesse has become, like, you know, he is incredibly influential in the musical scene. He'll he'll get into his resume with us and how he started. But I just want people to know, like, when on this podcast, that we're also going to have people behind the scenes like myself. I think it's really exciting and interesting to hear. And Jesse's a big personality and a great guy. So I think we should we should bring him out here.
0: Let's bring him out.
1: Or bring him down to the...
0: <laughs> Let's bring him down to, to this... The- Tiny ass yacht bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Two kids, two kids, two kids. All
1: right, we are back, Law. Are you ready for Jesse?
0: I'm ready for Jesse.
1: All right, let's welcome my (laughs) buddy. And an incredible filmmaker, Jesse Terraro. Welcome, buddy. What's
2: up? What's up?
1: Yeah. What
0: it do, brother? <laughs>
1: yeah, what's going on? So here's the crazy thing, Jess. I invited you on a yacht today. <laughs> yes, to come, you did. To, to come <laughs> chill with
2: us. And I'm like, oh, you also got to be on our podcast. Oh,
0: yeah. We yeah, hustled yeah. the shit out of you. <laughs> no, this
2: is the best invitation to a podcast ever. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any, anybody got the yacht invitation to, to record. Right. <laughs> All right, so, Jess, tell fans, like, they don't know, like, you know,
1: your history, how you started, came up with music videos and et cetera. Why don't you just tell them, like, you know, how you got your start directing and kind of, you know, led you to where you are today?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, it, it sort of happened by accident because, you know, I grew up in the neighborhood where we didn't dream about being filmmakers. Yeah. And my mother worked at night. My father worked in the day and there was a gap of time where nobody was home. So my mother bought a camera, and she said while she's on her way um, from work, and my father's on the way to work, nobody could go into the streets. And we were like 13, 12, Uh, 11, 10, and uh, we started making movies in those two hours. Wow. As my parents were coming home, and my father actually worked in the maintenance department in CBS. So, you know, my father came from the Dominican Republic. My mom as well didn't speak the language, and my father got a maintenance job. But he would get things... And he would bring home, like, soundtracks from, like, movies and TV shows. Oh, that's dope. And we started using that in these little urban movies we were doing. And um, my brother Ulysses' personality is much bigger than mine, so he (laughs) always wanted to star in the movies. So it forced me to have to direct them. <laughs> so every movie had like his title, like Yuli on Elm Street,
0: no. <laughs> super Yuli.
2: And then you know somebody had to manage the camera, so so you know I was always like the you know yeah, the guy so, that got killed quick. But I, I learned how to you know yeah. We started making movies young, and um then what then
1: when, how you transition into the
2: you know we place. used to watch this um video program called Video Music Box, and yeah. it was like the first channel that showed music videos, and one day they made an announcement that they were casting a film now all we had was our ghetto acting that we did at the house so we thought it was a good idea maybe there'll be a lot of hot girls there so we went to the casting and a lot of latin uh, kids didn't show up to the casting so the casting director was like look we're looking for kids your type and the movie was called Juice with Tupac Shakur. Oh, well, we know so, Juice. So we wow. were part of the Latin gang wow. that had beef with Tupac in the movie. And that was the first time Come I really on. stepped on the movie set. I didn't even know that. Yeah, wow. it was me, my brother, Vincent Laresca, played, like, the lead kid. Vinny, I love Vinny. Yes, yes, you know Vinny yeah, yeah. because that yes, also yes, plays yes, poker yeah. with us. Yeah, that's how I know Vinny for years. I love Vinny. that together. Oh, my God. And after that, I saw, like, a bunch of people that, you know, I thought were cool that looked like me working on yeah. film. And... and I was like, wow, you know, some people can really do this. And when I met Vinny and those guys, they all went to the School of Performing Arts. Like, in my neighborhood, I grew up in Jamaica, Queens. Like, people weren't going to the Performing Arts School. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I was like, wow, there's, you know, this, you know, I didn't know anybody like that. And then I, you know, switched my major in college and started studying theater and then, you know, directing and shot a short film my junior year in school. And because of people I met on Juice, they offered me an internship on the Columbia Pictures Project in the thirty in college, I dropped out to do that, and then I never stopped working. Wow.
1: wow. Okay, what was the first? Because was it music videos, TV, or features when you first started? Well,
2: I worked on features, so oh, you, you did. know, so I interned and I did everything. I ran around getting people coffee, picking right. up the director, I, I did that too. Everything that that I needed to do to sort of and be on set and soak up a bunch of things, and then. Um, the music video thing started to happen in New York. Okay. And uh, because we interned on the film, we would get jobs and opportunities. And now look, Tupac, who was a good friend of mine, became a huge star. Oh, Tupac was we, your friend? Yeah, so oh, we used I used to run around this... with Pac and, you know, and then Tretch from Naughty by Nature was one of his best friends. And he's an extra in Juice, too. He was part of the gang with us. Oh, my wow. So all of a sudden, by the time Juice is getting ready to come out, you know, Pac didn't have no music out. He had one little song when we did Juice. Wow. So by the time the movie came out a year later, all of a sudden, you know, this kid becomes the biggest artist in the world. And then Tretch invites us to a music video. Never heard the kid rap. And, and we show up to his music video. a song called OPP. For, oh, and then, oh, my God. Then this God. kid becomes like gigantic (laughs) and then you know now i'm like seeing the music video thing happen i'm around it it's like you know an incredible experience it's surreal you know wow and i met some directors along the way and um we started getting working behind the scenes on some music videos and and who gives you your first break what i didn't know is i didn't know that some directors didn't write their concepts so i was around this one director and i heard her complaining that puffy didn't like the concept from Hype Williams or this director, or Diane Martel and a bunch of people. And I saw that when I heard the conversation, I knew what Puffy probably meant. So, I, you know, I, I made a comment. I was like, I think I know what he wants. And then she was like, oh, you're so smart. Why don't you write the concept? So I did. And she yeah. got the job. So then she was like okay maybe he does know what's going on what So for does. the next like couple of years I was behind a lot of concepts and music videos so everybody knew me as a creative guy right. and even artists would send me their songs and I would write the concept I just didn't get credit for doing it Wow and I would get 500 bucks no. and the directors these were million dollar videos So at some point I was like Aww. the math didn't add up I was yeah, like, right? <laughs> I was like and, and the one director I worked with she told me she goes, look man you write great ideas but you don't write them well. Like, you you need to learn how to write better treatments. And then she showed me a bunch of better creatives, and I learned how to write the treatments better. And then I sort of took off in that space. And then there was Chris Robinson, who was a young black director coming out of Baltimore. He was one of the biggest
1: music video directors. He
2: was coming up, and his reps found out that I was writing for Diane Martell. And they said, hey... Why don't you start being on Chris's team? And when I met Chris, he was doing like $150,000 videos. Oh, my God. And we used to sit in a room together and just crank out this guy out does videos. like $5 million oh, yeah, videos. Yeah. And then we just, his career started taking off. I was part of that wave. Chris showed me a lot. I was part of his creative team. And then ultimately, he signed me as a director.
1: And that's how it happened. That's how it happened. What's the first video you do?
2: Well, I started doing some small videos in Canada first. Okay. With these Canadian artists, Canada gives you like free money to make videos. Oh, so the budgets yeah, were yeah. good. No, what? no, no, they weren't good. They were like 10 grand, but you know, <laughs> they would get the money for free. Like they would get these um, grants from the government. Okay. So these kids would make me write these treatments for them because they knew I wrote treatments, but then nobody understood them because they were like Wu Tang ideas, but Canada was not hard then. Wow. So, so they were like, whoa. No. no, but it's more urban now. You know, I'm not knocking Canada. I mean, they have Drake and Bieber. You know
0: That's pretty hard But, to but you know
2: Back then the You know I was writing stuff That felt like Wu-Tang or Mobb Deep And some of the directors There didn't understand It at the time so the kids were like, hey, why don't you direct it? And that sort of became... And that's how it became. And then, you know, I did a $10,000 video that got nominated for Much Music Video of the Year. Come on. And then after Dude, that... Dude, I remember Much Fear. That was yeah, huge. Yeah. And after that, I was became, I became hot in Canada, but in, in, I was still an assistant in the U.S. Oh, wow. So I would drive nine hours by myself, because, you know, most of my friends didn't believe in the directing thing. Popping no-dose pills, driving myself to Canada. Wow. Straight, wow. you this know.
1: Is fucking... This is legit. you know uh, hustling. You like, know? What was the first big video job you got that really you knew when you showed up? Like I remember my first you, movie I produced. You what know, was the what, first? When I
2: signed with Chris Robinson, he he brought me a artist by the name of Jill Scott, and Jill Scott at the time yeah. you know she she um she wrote a song with the that the Roots and Erica Badu recorded, mm-hmm. that won in, won a Grammy. Oh, but they sh- took her off the song because she wasn't popular, and the the record label put Erica Badu because oh, they were like who is Jill scott like wow. they took her right off her record wow. even though but she won the grammy that's So when crazy. i went to meet her in philadelphia she, her album was titled who is Jill scott and she was like yo this year i'm gonna crush it Crush it. Oh, and um so she wanted to do something different i wrote two videos we did them back to back and got caught a nomination right out the Gay for mtv so and then i started yeah. you got a
1: vma nomination yeah that's and, huge and
2: then and then you know because Jill scott was so pro-black and the female, mm-hmm. and my Jesse's written with a Y. I guess they thought I was a female. <laughs> and and I, from that point on, it was Jill Scott, Kelly Price, Angie Stone. I was doing all the girls. Wow. Really? And I was like, Yo, I'm a hip hop guy. You know, I get back to hip hop. <laughs> and uh, so you know, and um, Jesse makes me laugh.
0: Back up on Juice. You, don't know? you know, you're like but I'm when a hip
2: hop. All said they were like, Okay, this is not what we expected. <laughs> right. So, um so now you run through that. Thing. So when, when I was, you know, writing treatments, there was a pretty girl that moved in next door to me in my, in my little, you know, shitty apartment in, in um, Hollywood. And, uh, she you know, she had this boyfriend that was like a thug. So this was my first introduction to gangbang life, right? So wow. she would go to work and then he would hang around the building. So sometimes I would see him and he would throw up a sign like, what up, cuz? No. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't really know what that was about. And then he was And then uh, his name was Little Half Dead Right So I'm like Alex this, you know who that is You know, you know that that this guy why? This guy became my friend Right so now he's telling me he's So he's, like, a gangster, I gangster, he's a gangster Gangster right? See I don't know, so, yeah. you know, know. You know, know. crib, Long Beach so, okay. so Little Half Dead Became my friend So he comes over every day Because he doesn't have a job Comes over He's like on tour Supposedly with Snoop And Nate And all these guys So we're rocking with him when I'm cruising down Melrose. Some guys look over. He's throwing crib signs. I'm like, yo, dog. I just moved to LA. Like, (laughs) like, this is not how. In New York, it's not like this. But one day he brought. He said, yo, I'm gonna bring some of my friends over, and he brings Snoop Dogg and Nate Dogg to my crib. I got my television on the milk crate. No. And he brings Snoop Dogg to my house, and all Snoop Dogg walks in, talks mad shit. We play PlayStation, smokes a lot of weed beats me and fucking because he kills in all those games Snoop oh he does and right and then my whole building's in my lobby I mean in the hallway no. and then he leaves this is, this is like right after the chronic oh, oh my god so then he leaves no this is as big as it gets I mean then by the way this moment I, has to be epic yeah then he leaves and I never see him again Stop. right Snoop that's it and then little half dead ends up going to prison Right so I see Snoop at the MTV awards when I get the nomination right. and he sees him goes yo Jess no. little half that always ask about you man uh. blah 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 and I tell Snoop I said man I need to get on this urban thing again these mm-hmm. videos he goes call me tomorrow I got a video for 150 grand let's go No, and he put me right in the and game. that's it yeah and then right after what that what song was that rolling. what song was that do you it remember it was a song that MTV ended up like banning the video that I did because wait, why? you know how they put the black line yeah, yeah. Yeah. I put like the crib bandana it was hardcore <laughs> <laughs> it was super gangster. Jesse you are <laughs> Jesse oh Jesse doesn't give oh, a fuck you know it was my first well, shot I went super thug, yeah, right? yeah.
0: you had to show them you well, knew yeah, oh. I, you, yeah, know. you knew what was that wait <laughs>
1: let me ask you so Jesse just fast forward Give some of the artists especially the fans tell us some of the artists that you have done videos for because i know you've worked with everybody
2: yeah so um you know I, I worked with you know cameron or styles p or uh 50 was my biggest client right yeah. i did 25 videos with 50 wow. right from the beginning so um he grew up in my neighborhood so i always heard his music that's how that happened When. Oh. so he was always hot in the neighborhood and then he got shot and everybody kind of knew the stories and right. And then when he signed to Interscope, I told um, Jimmy Iveen's nephew, DJ, I said, hey, I wanna do 50 Cent when the project comes around. And he was like, yeah, it's probably gonna come around in like a year. And I was like, yeah, but I wanna do it as he's from my neighborhood. And then a year later, he kept his word. And, and during that time, I was already excelling now doing videos that were like 400, 500. Oh, you $1. already, you were up. So for me at that time, nobody, the, the big directors weren't gonna touch a video for a new artist like that. So it kinda gave me a path. Into fifty, Wangster was already out for like a year and a half. It was that already was high. That was my
0: first ringtone on the first phone I ever got. So I did Wangsa. that video. That and, video, and because of the
2: the violence around fifty, we couldn't get permits to shoot in New York City. So I wrote a concept, and and fifty like whoever wrote this concept had to be from the neighborhood because the way uh, the intricacies. Oh, because he knew that you wow. knew the same thing. And then I was like, look. I can make L.A., because they were concerned to do his first video in L.A., and I said, I can make it look like New York. Don't worry, I know there's one block, and as long as I shoot the right angles, it's going to feel like we're in New York City, and we shot Wangster in L.A. Wow. Jesse, that's Jesse, one thing. Jesse, you're
0: such a fucking badass.
2: Yeah. you know, I yeah. think
0: I want to be you. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I'll tell you, I made two
1: movies with Jesse on very limited budgets, and I will tell you, Jesse's a creative motherfucker. He he makes the shit that. work. He doesn't complain. <laughs> he doesn't bitch. He just he's like, yo, we'll find a path forward. And that's what makes you a great director is that you're one of those guys that can you know overcome really tough circumstances on a, on a budget. So I give you a lot of props.
0: I want to hear more. Let's take a short break. I just want to pick your brain all day, Jess. The epic
1: Jesse Torero. Let's let's keep it going. My
0: mind is blown. No,
1: it's so funny because I made two movies <laughs> with Jess. I forget how how awesome you are because I'm your boy. But then you know I hear you talk. You know from this, I, I forget the history you have. You know in music. So I, what I want to know, and I think Law and I are both a little oblivious to this, is that the Latin culture right now, the Hispanic music mm-hmm. scene, is 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 what hip hop and pop music was over the last twenty years. Latin music today These artists are Are the stars of Worldwide Gigantic you know, Gigantic So how's that Because I know you know all of them I know you do videos I know you produce them Yeah well, you know For yeah. me
2: For me uh, Being Dominican It was always part of my culture You know right. And when I started Doing music videos I used to complain all the time Because uh, The Latin videos I felt were Just looked weak And they looked cheap Yeah You know And it used to bother me That they didn't look like The general market videos And then when uh, MTV Did me TRL which was their Spanish version, they started putting like in sync videos next to like countdowns with Aventura or the land groups. We see the all against like a, a Destiny's Child, and then you're like, Whoa, you can see sort of the difference in the level of the videos. Yeah. Right. So I was telling a friend of mine's complaining, and he said, You know what, you can continue to complain and you could be part of the change, but you gotta make that decision. I like so I that. was like, Man, I like that. I'm about to take a pay cut. <laughs> 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 Yes. 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 I was it's like I've been yeah. eating
1: filet caviar you know, for the last 10 years. I got my
2: mother a Mercedes with a bow on it. <laughs> and I was like, my rims were 26 <laughs> inches. I was killing the game. I was like trying to bring the chains oh. back. But I did. I you know, I took a step back and I said, you know what? I I I felt that the, they weren't getting the respect and 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 the sort of the at least the visuals that they deserved because they were superstars in my eyes. So I sort of ingratiated myself in the Latin culture. When Daddy Yankee got signed to Interscope, he was the first artist to ever have a general, uh, a general market record deal. Someone at um, Interscope said, "Hey, you know Jesse's Dominican," and then they put me on the phone with Yankee. And then I did two videos for him—a song called um, "Gangsters" on with Snoop, and then a song called "Rompe." which one, it was one of his like big songs that broke into the American market. And then from that on, that moment, a lot of the Latin artists started knowing that I was Dominican. So they were calling me like, hey, I'm Dominican too. Can you do me the solid and blah, blah, blah. And then I started just, you know what? I figured out a way for a lesser budget to create a bigger, a big image. Oh, wow. And then I just focused on my energy in that. And as I saw the decline in music videos... On the American side, I saw that uh, on the Latin side, they were going up little by little. (laughs) little little. And I was like, you know what? Most of these kids live in countries where the record um, sales are not really being counted. Oh, they're, they're selling out arenas. Like, oh, wow. But you know, it's like, they live in poor countries where they're bootlegging your song. Wow. So nobody's going to the store and buying your song. But you the right. tours. But the tours are gigantic. Right. You know, by
1: 50,000 so, 000 seats. I mean, you just told you me know, yeah. about a concert the other day.
2: I, I did a movie on a kid named Maluma for YouTube. Okay. And uh, we shot the main concert of his tour in Israel, in Tel Aviv. Yeah. 30,000 people. Wow. wow. Himself. Not another act. It was no, like, 50 guy. It was him by himself. <laughs> right. Thirty thousand people in Tel Aviv singing Spanish songs. That's un-
0: that's, that's unbelievable. That you know? is a beautiful moment. And
1: that and that's how it is all over. I mean I mean these artists I mean are opening in the US too. I mean, I mean oh, no, New, they, Year's, they're crushing New it. Year's Eve, Lala and I a year ago were in Miami at at the Fountain Blue. Yeah. David Grutman had uh Jay I, Belvin. Jay Belton, yeah. right? I mean, it, it's it's a phenomenon, and I think it's just amazing that you're on the forefront of that.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because I think what happened, the streamers have connected everyone. Is that So it? because of streaming okay. and because of YouTube and things like that, now everybody's able to view the same thing. So the Spanish power was always there, except I was the guy going, telling people like, yo, these kids are big, or <laughs> telling 50, yo, these kids are big, you should do a song with them. They sold that Madison Square Garden. He'd be like, they didn't sell out the garden. Then 10 minutes later, he'd be like, yo, they sold out Madison <laughs> Square Garden. I'm like, yes, they did and wow. four nights at Staples and Miami wow. Arena and they're crushing it. Like wow. Aventura Gosh, just man. went and did the forum. Four nights at the forum. Nobody four. knows about it because it's like uh, their core audience is wait, who Wait, who was it? A group called Aventura.
1: You know how I know that? Because Frankie Delgado, my buddy. Yes, yes, yes. I saw him there and I'm like, am I missing a concert? Like I love I love to go and hang out and learn.
2: Right. And you're all, Lala's always like you know, yeah. knows what's up with music. I'm a little older so it yeah. takes me a little longer. Well, Romeo about. Santos, <laughs> who's my friend who's the head of that group, he, it's like he returned to go back on tour with his group, but he did a solo show. Like, he's like the Justin Bieber, I mean, uh, the Justin Timberlake of, like, the insane... Oh, of that guy. group, okay. Right, so he just did um, MetLife, 70,000 people.
0: That is insane to me.
2: 70,000 people of okay, MetLife. Okay, this Life. is
1: insane. So, I, I need, I he need, did two I...
2: nights at Yankee Stadium a couple of years Come ago. Come on! By himself. I, so, what I'm saying is that the tour potential, the artist, so... Since I came up in the world where Tupac and I saw those guys become movie stars and I saw the music match the content, I decided to focus on my energy because I'm like, the music was getting so big in the landmark they have no content. Not one movie, not one TV show, nothing that goes against the level. So of the you music. were really there at the beginning, and that's why
1: you're because I see you all over the world. I see you on Jets, Jesse. I see you balling out with all these artists. I see you backstage at these cops with thirty thousand people. I'm like, what is going on? So now that's interesting. I mean, because I, I always see you at the forefront of music and and film and television. I think it's really interesting. Right? And now
0: we have him today with his his daughter, and he's playing dad, and all yes. that stuff kind of goes out the window, and you're just focused on yes, taking yes. care of. The Baby, yes, that's yeah. the
1: most important thing to me right now. I of give you a lot of respect because being a you know, because you know, you're 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 a single dad, you know, and we're well, girl dads, girl dads, that's, yes, that's yes. what Jesse Hashtag and I, girl dads. dads. Yeah, 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 I love that. Yeah, <laughs> we're <laughs> like, we're both, we like, we act like we try to act like we're a little hard and tough in our business, and then our girls come around, and it's like, we, we, I see Softies. us, we're both like butter, Softies. we melt like butter. Yeah, we're, we're wusses when it comes to our, our
2: children,
0: so yeah, that's you, right. Tim's a
2: girl dad, too.
0: Tell us about your part on soul plane
2: yeah so soul plane um, soul plane happened because I shot uh I got into this program at Fox Searchlight called The search lab okay and they take 20 directors and and everybody wrote and directed a short film out of the 20 directors three of us made Sundance and I made Sundance and wow. it, my, wow. my was like an urban Latin comedy that I shot in my neighborhood about a young kid who like you know sleeps with a girl and then catches something and it's like his trip to the clinic it was super crazy and funny. <laughs> Because <laughs> wow. there used to be this clinic in my neighborhood, and we used to just make fun of who came in and wow. out of there. So, so anyway, That's a funny concept. Yeah. So, so basically, when I did that, uh, you know, they, my agents, um, Charles King and the people at Willie Morris, started understanding that I was like good at comedy. I had an idea that was about like a urban airline, and okay. then they told me, "Hey, there's a script at MGM called Soul Plane. You should probably go take a meeting on it." I took a meeting on it. During that time, I, I flew to Brazil with Snoop to do a video called Beautiful that Chris Robinson directed. So we all went to um, to Brazil together, me, Snoop Pharrell, Chris Robinson. No big deal. And when, I, well, when we were there, one like, you know, weed session, Snoop said, he turned to me and goes, yo, I want to fly the plane, man. No, stop, I can't. <laughs> he goes, he was like, best. I want to fly the plane. the like, story I've ever heard I was like, Snoop, right you here. know you don't really fly the plane, though. But he was like, yo, man, I want to fly the plane. And when I went back to the studio, it was ready for an older guy. They were like, oh, we don't know if he can be funny. I'm like, yeah, Snoop is the funniest. No, that's and amazing. And they'll show you pictures from him online when he looks like a, like super hard. And I'm right. like, yeah, Snoop is a thug, but he's also a funny. the funniest guy. So I brought the studio execs to Snoop's house. To, to meet him and, they, and that was it to the thought, church not his house or his family he has another place he calls the church so they got there's like 20 crips in there they searched them on the way in they thought it was the coolest no. shit ever the MGM mix <laughs> thought it was the coolest this is thing. amazing they smoked we snoop after that they were like he could be the pilot no! <laughs> that
0: story.
1: hold on And Soul Plane you had a little actor in that movie that Woo. became somewhat of a superstar yeah. named Kevin
2: Hart Kevin Hart so incredible so you, you put Kevin Hart in this movie how big yes. was his role he was the star of the movie Oh, he was a star. Yeah, Kevin was Why the star of the him? movie. Did you do that? Yeah, it's his movie. He's a
1: star. He's wow. the lead. So, so, Jesse, you were in there early. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: Sofia Vergara's first oh American movie. Oh, my God. Movie. You had everybody. Yeah, I wrote a, I wrote, a, I, you know, I wrote, a Spanish. I needed to write some Spanish characters because I course. felt there were not no Latin characters. So I wrote a couple of characters, and the studio only liked, of course, the hot Spanish girl. And, and, and <laughs> she, like, and, and, love that and so she had one line, and, and when they were doing the casting, they said, what are you thinking? And I knew her from Latin America. So I said, you know what? I want like a Sofia Vergara type. And then she walked in the room and, and i was like Sophia, it's one line i said you want to do this movie i'll write you in the whole thing and i just kept rewriting her wow, wow. That's... she became one of the Damn. stars
1: all right so hold on i just want to say something first of all not only have you discovered some of the biggest artists some of the biggest musicians and then you've made your a movie with kevin hart and Sophia vergara which by the way what a what a visionary for casting and, and to be your friend and to have made movies with you, I'm very honored to have had you on this podcast. I mean, For real. That. And Lala doesn't really know you, and now you do. No, so. not, now I'm little uh,
0: star-struck. I'm glad, I'm glad i didn't know that stuff before you came into this, you know? Timbo, good job on slacking with the, with the bio. <laughs> Tim has become like
1: a real producer back here. I don't I want to say this is probably the fur This is probably one of the first podcasts in the history of podcasts that's been done on a yacht, and yeah. I think it's the best one because it was with you. Not only, only on a yacht,
0: it. we're talking about like his days with Tupac and like how he put Kevin Hart. We Dude,
2: could go on for like three thank hours. You so much. For I appreciate on you guys having me Hart. on yeah. the podcast and the yacht. Yeah. yeah. Right, you're so welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Bye.
1: there, Lala and Randall. I wanted to say your podcast is a highlight of the podcast that I listen to weekly, and I think the dynamic between the two of you is extremely genuine and endearing. The best part about the podcast is giving us insight into what I think is the best part of your relationship and you two seem to be genuine fans of each other you really are fans of each other and you're really friends and being friends who root for each other who also love one another is really the best way to go in this world I think with uh, your partner so all the very best
0: all love thanks so much Thank you, my loves, to everyone who has already left us epic messages.
1: And keep them coming because we love hearing from you guys.
0: Call us anytime at 866-LALAPOD. That's 866-LALAPOD.
1: Yes, thank you for listening.